there. All right, we're broadcasting live, and let's go. We go three, two, and one. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. And today, Jonathan, we've got a special guest from on the literally the other side of the world, uh, up and, you know, across and down. You know. Down under. Yeah, so a long ways away. He's in the future at this point, so we're going to be talking to him about secret AI strategies because he's... He's in the future. He's in Saturday morning, 6 a.m. his time. So he knows more about this stuff than we do because of That's that. That's right. So, yeah, we'll be bringing him in um, just a minute. We'll talk about that. Um, if we have time, uh, I'll be talking about some AI little stuff I did to generate some sales questions for a sales conference I had or, mm -hmm. or sales call that I had. Yeah. You did some cool stuff for your for your podcast. Yeah. Your podcast. Yep. So uh, if we have time, we'll get into that as well. But yeah, why not go ahead and introduce um, our guest and we can bring him on because I know he does have a beverage and the green he's just itching at six in the morning to get get into it. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to leave him waiting. So uh, let me do the little the uh, official bio here. Okay, <clears throat> put on my radio voice. Yeah, deep radio voice. <laughs> get close to the mic. You know how you do it? <laughs> Gulliver has been described as the best sales trainer on the planet. His sword of sales system and his famous armor of God objection handling system have revolutionized the sale industry, a sales industry in the best possible way. Gulliver's mission is to re-educate the world about sales and salespeople. His firm belief is that despite its reputation, sales is not evil and that real salespeople sell from a place of love, not manipulation. Gulliver is the lead presenter of Strategic Anarchy's three-day sales event and recently spoke on stage at Digital Marketers Traffic and Conversion Summit on the subject of, you guessed it, sales. So let's uh, put our hands together and welcome Gulliver to the show. Welcome to the show. Yes. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Very kind yeah. to, to let me on here to like, drink with you yeah. Well, yeah yeah drink your That's coffee why we started the show is just so we could drink in public that, that makes sense to me that makes perfect sense um and write it off on taxes yeah exactly so oh, good that's, that's actually really smart yeah right so um well yeah welcome to the show and uh so at the beginning of the show we like to talk about our beverages of choice Mm -hmm. So we'll let our guests go first. So what are you sipping on uh, from way down under at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning? Oh, man, that doesn't look like coffee. <laughs> That's not good. It's very it, thin it, coffee if it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's the coffee. There it is. Oh, a 30-year. Oh, man, nice. Wow. Uh, so that you're is... just like waking up and you're like, forget the I, coffee. I'm going straight to the good stuff. Yeah, it's um we we, we, we had a we, we had a bit of a celebration. We went mm -hmm. to the went to the, 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 the bottle the bottle emporium and they said, Why are you spending a thousand dollars on whiskey? And we're like, Well, we, we, we closed this big deal, so we're having a bit of a celebration bottle and and then I end up doing this podcast the next morning. So I, I tell you what, <laughs> I've had I've had like five hours of sleep. Um <laughs> I only I only had I only had a couple of these last night and they were really good. So I guess this is breakfast, yeah, right. right? How much of that yeah. bottle is left? Oh. There. <laughs> I'd say probably two thirds. <laughs> okay, not too bad. Yeah, that's so pretty nice I, I, though. As I get older, 
I appreciate a few nice ones as opposed to half a bottle of rot gut. Like when I was younger, I was like, Aah. absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm going to have one of these 18 year olds and one of these 21 year olds, and then I'm going to call tonight. Yes. But like I get, I get to feel like a man of great taste and distinction. That's right. And, That's and a connoisseur. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of lying in the sewer. Right. <laughs> Very good. I like it. What well, are we drinking? Uh, Jonathan, what do you got up there? Yeah, so I've got a new uh, series from the folks at uh, Lexing, Lexington Distilling Company, the Bourbon Barrel Series. Ooh, this is nice. a uh, Kentucky cream ale. It is a tangerine cream ale, Sean. Wow, that's yeah. fancy. Yeah. I, so, I think I could go for that. That should be a that should be interesting. It sounded, you know, kind of with Memorial Day weekend here in the States, Gulliver. And so this is kind of like... You know, this is our weekend here. It's kind of the official kickoff to summer for us right. here in the States. So I wanted to go with something a little that sounded a little refreshing today. So this is a tangerine cream ale um, with a slight hop body with uh, it's it's got. Let's see. Let's, I'm reading the head, the, uh, the, the copy here. Moderate balance of maltiness and pleasantly sweet with notes of vanilla tangerine coming through mm. clearly without being overpowering so okay. i'll see it sounded good i mean just honestly that, yeah. I, I, I want one of those man that's, yeah, that does that's, sound... sounds that sounds like a man man's breakfast yeah <laughs> it's only five and a half percent but it's, it's yeah, a little pretty... bit less extreme than glenn farkless <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> although that does sound pretty good that, it's, yeah. not bad. it's not bad <laughs> I don't have any 30 year in my house, so I don't know. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have to you guys come on game. over anytime you want to come over. I can I'll yeah. give us a ballpark on, a on, uh, on that, uh, what, what that bottle would run, uh, in Australia or a thousand bucks. Okay. Wow. Cool. So that, that works out to roughly five or 600 of your, your American dollars. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's not, it's, yeah. not, it's not a cheap bottle. Um, no. but mm -hmm. you don't get, you don't get the good stuff cheap, do you? No, no. I tell you what, I've had a few beers that have been bourbon barrel aged, mm -hmm. but it's ordinarily like Imperian, uh, uh, Imperial Russian porter yeah. Yeah. and stuff like, like it's usually the darker beers. And I tell you what, that bourbon aging is that's a nice color there. Look mm -hmm. at that color. Oh, Very that's caramel beautiful. color. Very nice. Ooh, I, I, I kind of want to come and have one of those. That's like, <laughs> Well, I've got, I kind of went with a Memorial Day theme as well, Jonathan. Okay. I got um, from 903 Brewers, I've got a crispy mm. one, just okay. a straight up American lager. Uh, my son was in town last weekend and he's into lagers right now. Uh, so we got these because they're Very local. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it's, it is, you know, since you can't drink Bud Light anymore, you know, <laughs> we have a new lager here to, to work with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a straight up lager, four and a half percent. That's um, good. Which in our world is a light beer. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, something under five is is definitely light. So yeah, it, so it sounds palatable. It's a, when you're young, particularly. How old's your son? Oh, he's actually twenty eight. So okay, so he's he's still at that stage of yeah. life where you know, like clean drinking beers and lots of them, probably right. Like oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So yeah. Easy lager is easy to drink. It's not. Yeah. 
not, yeah. nothing not, nothing bourbon aged or fancy about it it's just yeah. like yeah let's I had drink a, 12 of those <laughs> yeah, i had i had two or three bourbon barrel beers last night i went out with a friend mm -hmm. just hung out at the at the local beer park or mm. beer garden so yeah i don't need any more of those today so. <laughs> well let's uh let's cheers it up gentlemen to a great right. show very good And then Gulliver, this is the point where we rate our beverages on a scale of one to five pints, five being the highest. You can use decimal points. Score doesn't really matter, but hey, we'd like to do it anyway. So what would you give your high dollar single malt? I, I think I think as a as a coffee, it's dreadful. Um <laughs> <laughs> But Not if quite I, that if, warm, different kind were, of warmth. <laughs> if, if, if I were to imagine um, that I'm, you know, in the mists of the highlands waiting for that deer to appear from behind the fog, oh, yes. you know, maybe I'd give it a 4.5 out of 5. But I'm in the Gold Coast, so <laughs> <laughs> it's, a bit, it's all a bit surreal. This one, I got up early, early I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this podcast. Okay, I better have a scotch. That uh, doesn't even make any logical sense. No, it's a, it's a really nice scotch, though. It's probably <laughs> among the nicer scotches I've had, so it's got to be a four point five or a five out of five because okay. it's, it's 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 a thirty year old scotch. Yeah, it's it's drinkable. Exactly, it's drinkable. <laughs> I like that. Do you have some caffeine over there to the side, just in case? You know, it's uh, you get a little foggy here. Uh, that I think early I'll, in the I morning, think, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Australian. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> Jonathan, we're all waiting to know. Man. If, how, how is it? The tangerine this is really green good. ale. This is delicious. Sean, you would love this one. Yeah. I recommend you go out and get this one. I'm gonna have to do that. Um, I'm gonna give this one man, it's it's very tempting to give it a very, very high rating, but I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna go four I'm gonna go four eight on this one. Very nice, very nice. Four, eight. All right. I'm gonna just go with the with a solid uh I'm gonna do a three nine. Just, okay. I mean, I'm mm. not a huge lager fan. It's clean. It's crisp. It is called the crispy one. Um, so I'm a little biased because I'm not a lager guy in general. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a good, it's a good afternoon beer. So sure. So right. wrong with that? Yeah. So good, good all around. But let's jump in. So, Gulliver, why don't you tell a few people about yourself? I mean, with a name like this, a tag name like the Sales Warlord. I mean, people <laughs> got to be curious at this point. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and then we'll jump into this, you know, um, AI that kind of got started on Facebook thread that I posted something and you jumped in and I was like, Hey, come on our show. Yeah. And this all happened in 24 hours. So, uh, appreciate your flexibility. Time is our, uh, a tool that we can bend to our own will, right? Like, exactly. people, like I don't have time for this. Like then get up at six in the morning, drink some scotch and make time. <laughs> That's how you get, that's how you get shit done. Right. So anyway, right. yeah. So what did me, Oh God. Okay. So I dropped out of school in my teens cause I wanted to pursue my musical career. And back then I used to have like big pineapple Robert Smith hair <laughs> back in the nineties. I was going to be the next Trent Reznor, except it didn't work out. So 10 years later, I'm living in shared houses with punk rockers working three jobs, trying to support my music habit. And I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> So I cut off my hair and I got a suit and I got into sales and I got promotion after promotion and made manager and headhunted and 
ended up working with my current partner, Leela. Uh, she started her own business uh, 18 years ago. And um, she was working with Jay Abram, um, uh, Tony Robbins, guys over here in, um, in Australia, working on building out all of their business books and ghostwriting all of their programs and products and information products. And she, over the first couple of years of the business, realized that it was bullshit because it was like she was doing all this work and these guys were then going on and selling these online courses and programs and products for like hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. So she ended up saying, look, I'm going to teach people this strategy that no one was really teaching in Australia 15 years ago. It was a cutting edge, bleeding edge, sort of a productize your your IP and sell it for lots of money. And then she picked, she sort of, she sort of headhunted me out of my corporate job where I was running a call center of 15 guys for, for the state of Victoria, um, for this publishing company. We were selling advertising space. I was, you know, making about a hundred grand a year and thought I was pretty, pretty, pretty um, full of myself at 30, 31, you know, thought I was doing well. Yep. And um, and she said to me, the ass is going to drop out of your industry in the next couple of years. You're fucked because advertising is going to go in the toilet and yeah. magazines are all going to be gone. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Two years later, I was working for her <laughs> because they were cold calling the yellow pages to sell ads. Yeah. Um, and then Google come along and, um, you know, digital advertising. And I saw very early that, you know, customers who were buying a year before were coming back to me and saying, you know, guy, I put $12,000 in your double page spread last year in the magazine and I don't know what I got out of it, but I put $12,000 through Google ads and I got a thousand leads and made 10 sales at a hundred grand. And I'm putting all my money into digital marketing now. Ouch. And I was like, <laughs> well, it was, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. So I moved to Sydney for a year, did an apprenticeship, learned how to sell, um, did some contract work for Tony Robbins, filled a Jay Abrams seminar, made those guys a few million dollars. And then at that point, Leela said, let's start our own thing. So we started running our own seminars and that's kind of where things kicked off. And what we found was people were coming to us back in the internet boom days. And it was, you know, 2007, eight at this point. And like the, the ass was dropping out of the subprime market, all that stuff that was happening, the GFC was happening. Mm -hmm. People were like desperate to make money on the internet. And they were saying, well, just put something online because you'll make a million dollars. And, and that was sort of true in some places. Yeah. So there's big seven-day multi-speaker events where everyone's pushing, yeah, yeah, you're going to get on the internet and make a billion dollars. It's going to be amazing. And and we were like, this isn't going to work. So we started training, well, get, get clear on your product so you build something people actually want. And then we discovered people didn't really understand how to market. So we started to say, well, here's how to build your value proposition and write copy. And then we we started to understand that they, they didn't actually know how to drive traffic. So we, we learned traffic and then we realized they couldn't sell. So I started bringing some of my, my telemarketing and sales skills into that business and training people how to get on the phone and close. So we were like the, probably the first business in Australia that um, trained someone how to get a lead off the internet and close it into an online product on the first call for like 10, 20, 30, $50,000. So we got um, we got in a relationship with a guy called Frank Kern, who's like a big oh, yeah. internet marketing guy from the states. Um, and that yeah, that uh, Gulliver, sorry to interrupt you, but that's where we met. Yeah, it exactly. was like 2012, hmm. I think. And you that, bring, uh, that brings us up to when you know I exist. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that then we um, we kind of like did pretty good in his market. Where'd you guys life. meet at a at a Frank Kern event or at a? Yeah. Which cool. one was that? Was it Vegas? No, it was at it was in La Jolla. 
Um, it was his magic model when he was kind of launching that whole thing. La Hoya. Yeah. Nice little hotel. The, the, the La Stancia or the Something La Hoya like Shores. Yeah. yeah. One of those two. It's a gorgeous, and, um, gorgeous place. It, it's a, it's an interesting place. It's, it's like, what is it, the richest, <laughs> the richest neighborhood in San Diego and the most millionaires per capita anywhere in America, something like that. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy, yeah. Like it's like Lamborghini Central. <laughs> but um, it's weird. Like I remember the first mastermind of his. We're from Australia, and it's it's not as fancy. And um, we went to a place called the 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 the, the Pacific Grand Del Mar. And is he had the first mastermind meeting there, and you go in, and it's like there's this gated country club. Yeah. We don't really have these in Australia. It's not a thing. And you get to the front desk, and there's dudes with like weapons checking, like it's like a military base. And you go in, and you go through the beautiful golf course, and you get to the the front of the hotel, and it's like Bentley, 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 Lambo, Bentley, Bentley, Porsche, yeah. Bentley, Lambo, and it's like. Geez, it's a bit intimidating, you know, because yeah. we were only making half a million dollars at this point. And we went in and it's just like marble, marble, gold, marble, gold. like for miles of marble. There's so much marble in that place. It's like, it's like a quarry. And yeah. we were just like, are we in the right room? But anyway, so we got some success because we were telling Australian buddies in the mastermind, hey, because the model Frank was teaching was like drive traffic to webinar sell something on the webinar, follow up if you have to on the sales mm -hmm. call on the phone. We were poor at this point. So we were like, we can't wait a week, two weeks till this webinar fills up and we can't roll the dice on whether it's going to convert on the webinar. Why don't we put a step in where it's like, or you could just answer this quiz question to win a consultation right now. Yeah. So we gamified and then they came to a phone call and back then a strategy session yeah. What, what what's what, that's that's brand, yeah, cool. brand new it, it then, wasn't yeah. like i'm gonna get a sales call it was like they're gonna give me a strategy session valued at a thousand dollars so we did this and then uh, we told the them, this is working yeah it, they, yeah. they were i feel old saying this shit right because it was that <laughs> long ago yeah um i got no hair now i've got some gray in my beard oh yeah no so so yeah so so that happened <clears throat> frank dragged us up on stage and said explain what you did and i'm like why He's like, because Tristan just told me that he made $40,000 doing what you told him to. So come up on stage. And I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. So that's kind of where we we became from going from being students of Frank's to being partners. So that set that in motion. And Frank said, why don't we do a course together? And I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> and, then, and then it went well. And Frank said, I really like doing stuff. Do you want to come teach at one of my events? So I did. Um, and we, we made a bunch of money at that, um, in partnership with Frank and sold like a, a nine day sales residential where we locked them in a house and hit them with sticks and made them do stuff. So the record at this is like one point something million dollars for an individual salesperson, um, within the five day period of the, wow. so we'll go the weekend of mindset, crazy. five days of sales and then a weekend of debrief. Right. So during the week, it's like, get on the phone all day. And I'm listening to them and yelling at them and saying, do this differently and fix that and change the way you said that. And that script's fucked and change the script. So we, we really hack the shit out of it, right? Manually, yeah. old school. Right. So um, so that happened. And then um, uh, Roland from Digital Marketer comes sniffing around because Frank was promoting us. He's like, Gulliver, come over here and do this for us. And I said, dude, 
I would love to. Um, and, and it's Frank's database. So I'm like, Hey, but look, you know, why don't we get you and me and Frank and Leela together with you and Ryan and Perry and we'll figure something out. And so that's what happened. So we, you know, a year later we're in La Jolla at the, at the freaking La Jolla country club, which is a fucking intense place. And there's even more expensive sports cars and crazy shit going on. And, um, and we sit down and we're talking about, you know, what we're going to do. And this is around about the time that um, the funnel experts programs came out. So if you're an old person like me, that's when people coined the term um, tripwire and, you know, profit right. maximizer and all that internet marketing uh, verbiage, which is now like industry accepted. Um, it's really clever of Ryan. And the way they've done that is because he basically owns anyone that uses that, that nomenclature. It's like, <laughs> I set the standard for what people call things in the industry. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and, and Frank basically bullied them into buying stuff from us. He said, you need to bring these guys into consult. So we did a day of consulting with Roland and the crew on the sales strategy. Um, and then on day two, we put them and their entire team on the phone with the script and they made $75,000. And then next week they made 90 and the next week they made 200. Wow. Next week they made 300 and they started selling millions of dollars worth of this. They were on target for an extra 12 mil at that point. I think they were at 30 mil when we met them. So add a significant amount of um, upside to their process. But that's kind of where we got our start and became like not just a little Australian business, but an American internet marketing industry sort of name. Mm -hmm. So we came back to Australia and like, like always in Australia, like if you go overseas, you go to America um, in excess, no one knew who they were. They were a pub band. They went to America, they came back and they're like, oh my God, you're amazing. We always loved you. So that's what happened here. Um, <laughs> but in the last few years, what we've noticed is there are some big ass companies that are not using the same level of skill set that the average, you know, five, 10 year veteran of internet marketing and sales consulting understands to be obvious. There's some really big, you know, $25 million plus companies who, 80% of them don't have any kind of documented on yeah. a piece of paper, even sales plan or marketing plan. It's crazy. <laughs> they're so, always slow to move, right? Exactly. I mean, they're slow to pivot, you know, it's, it's funny, like 10 years, like you just said, 10 years later, and these guys are still think this is like brand new stuff. They're just dinosaurs waiting for a meteor at this point, right? <laughs> so like, so there's money to be made here because just before COVID, um, a couple of years before COVID, we had like a sales team. And this young dude um, is on the phone for us. And when I'm there looking over his shoulder, he makes sales. Mm -hmm. And then we go on a tour of America for six weeks and we go and do some seminars that we promised to deliver. And we've hired this general manager for 150 grand a year. And he's like, oh, I've done sales teams. I understand. It's good. I've got this. We get back, no sales. And it's like, what's going on? And Chris, the general manager, is like, I've been watching him. I, I, he's been on the phone. And I'm like, yeah, but what's going on? He's not making any money. So anyway, I said, pull his stats. So we used to make them write down their stats every day on a little sheet of paper with a few different things they had to write down. We took one look at this piece of paper and said, oh, pull his phone records. <laughs> so there was a couple of numbers that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but but that, that no one else was smart enough to pick up on. And this kid wasn't smart enough to lie about properly. So we, we, we pulled his phone records and he had been asserting that he was making like hundreds of dollars a day and having 30, 30 different pitch conversations on the phone a week. And then we looked at his stats and we looked at his phone records and his phone records, like over that six weeks, he'd made like maybe 80 or 90 phone calls 
And how many of those were to his girlfriend versus clients? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Anyway, at the end of that day, he left the building. And I don't know if we fired him or if he quit, but we're still friends today. Why are we still friends today? Even though he was like kind of lying a little bit, being a bit sneaky, being a bit lazy. Because number one, I, I take responsibility for that because I realize now I didn't have my sales well enough systemized. I can sell like a motherfucker, but I didn't have good enough management systems in place for him to achieve in my absence. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't create an environment where he was motivated and empowered. So that's mm -hmm. on me, right? That's on me. And that's on everybody whose company's in this position where they can't really step away from sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we, what we also realized is we have a numerically proven system to identify bullshit. <laughs> and this is like, this has just started being an interesting, we're like, hang on. If we turn this into a flow chart and if we then turn this into like a series of kind of rules and if we then turn this into a, a piece of software we could turn this into a virtual reality machine learning artificial intelligence sales training mm -hmm. that could basically train your salespeople for you and automate that process so that's what we started to work on um and then COVID happened and it was like so you were working on this AI angle, and you alluded to this in the Facebook post mm, mm. two, three years ago now, right? Oh, more, three. probably four, four or five, because it's okay. like, because it's like, because, because this was before COVID, this was like 2018. Okay. Yeah? yeah. Um, so we have a guy who's a friend of ours who we've always been connected with. He'd done our seminars before. Um, and he developed, uh, the virtual reality training for NASA. So they didn't have to, you know, spend as much money on training um, space people. Uh, he also figured out how to turn the FA-18 training into something that a kid could play on an Xbox rather than having to put them in an FA-18. This guy's really smart and he's now doing his degree in AI um, at this point in history back years ago. Um, he's like retooling because he's like, I'm a business analyst. I've done all this work in VR. I've dealt with the US Defense Force and, you know, NASA and all these big companies and militaries. But where I really see things going next is not just virtual reality or augmented reality, but artificial intelligence. And we're like, boy, have we got something for you. So him and our lead technology kind of partner got together and we sort of consulted through that process of assembling um, what I can't say too much, but like what it is, is basically going to, I believe really kind of make redundant the need for a lot of sales team leadership or middle management in the next five years, hmm. because you've seen what's happening with chat GPT. You've seen, you've seen it. Now everybody gets it. Right. It's like, you can, if you can, if you can measure it, you can automate it. You can, you can turn it into a machine. So I'm just, I'm just a, a hack sales coach. Like I'm not a technologist, but I realized that we had a tool for discerning what's going to work and what's not going to work or what's working and not working and why. So when we applied this and when we put machine learning behind it, we start to apply it and it looks at people's sales stats, it looks at teams, it starts to make these recommendations. It starts to say, hey, you know, this salesperson's got to go. But hang on, machine, that salesperson's making the most. Yeah, but she's got poor attitude and someone should pull her up on it. But she's making the most sales. Yeah, but, cult <laughs> but, but, but culturally she's bullshit within two weeks she's complaining about the leads and wants a pay rise within two months. She's gone and worked somewhere else and set up a business in competition. Hmm. 
Yep. The, the computer can predict it based on the numbers. The computer mm -hmm. knows what a sales trainer, a veteran of like 30 years knows. And the wow, computer yeah. with enough data is going to know more than me. And it's kind of creepy. It's like the Terminator. You know mm -hmm. what I'm it doesn't get tired. It doesn't get bored. It doesn't get emotional. It just looks at the numbers and goes, hmm, this person's an asshole. Get rid of them. <laughs> so, so that's like really exciting as COVID's starting to happen because all of a sudden there's all these big companies who have no fucking process, no systems, no idea what they're doing. And they've got a whole bunch of salespeople on $100,000 a year plus Mercedes plus plus, you know, share equity package or whatever fucking crazy deal they're on, who will not pick up a phone, who will not call a new client, who just want to sit on the same existing accounts and have relationships, which is just code for going to strip clubs or something. And and <laughs> and these companies are like, we want to fire, I'm pretty sure 50% of our sales guys aren't working. And we want to fire half of our salespeople. We want to feel okay about doing it because frankly, we're pretty sure they're lying to us. And we just don't know which 50%. Yeah. and we have a tool now that says these guys <laughs> so we go into these companies and there's like seven dudes on hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year plus car who haven't made their target in three years <clears throat> and we go in and within six months they've all quit because it's too much like work yeah we hire two diet two guys on 55 grand plus bonuses and one guy on 70 um, who's more of a technical salesperson plus commissions and we replace their entire labor force for like half the amount of money. And they make 2 million more that year than they made in the previous three years. And they're back in the black for the first time in three years. So this is the power of this stuff when applied, not just to the entrepreneur, but to a team operating with five or 10 salespeople who are responsible for making or not making millions and millions and millions of dollars. So that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of what we've been doing over the last few years is, is, moving out of the sort of crowded and noisy backwater that is internet marketing these days everyone's a fucking sales trainer now like sure. when i yeah. when i was when i was a kid there was like four of them <laughs> it's like it's brian tracy um tom, you know, hopkins. There, there tom hopkins there was like there was like Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar. like yeah. there was like there was like there was not a lot of people who would even be like you say you're a salesperson people like throw rocks at you and shit now right the sales the salesperson that over the last 15 were, years it's yeah. shifted now yeah, everyone's yeah. a hero and a, a rock god and, a, and a, yeah, everyone's having like Lamborghini copter cocaine parties and <laughs> movies made about them. Yeah, that's and right. And it's like, it's Wolf the culture shifted. It's shifted. It's shifted. Everyone's yeah. de deifies the entrepreneur now, right? Like So like, you know, if you're making money, you can't possibly be doing anything wrong. Um, and so we're going to we're gonna make gods out of these people now. now. I'm not sure if salespeople or sales trainers deserve to be gods. Having having done that myself, um, but there's certainly a lot better um, a lot better drinks when you make money. So, well, I'm sure I'm curious. What were some of the common characteristics of the dead weight that you found that needed to be cleaned out? Look, there's three real categories that it boils down to. Number one, they're not on mission. They don't really believe in the company or the product. They're just sitting there to collect a wage, right? Yeah. Number two you can't you can't pin them down to numbers there's there's no metrics there's no well i right. do this then i do this then this happens then i convert yeah. they don't have any idea they don't really understand sales this is the most horrific thing <clears throat> about them they don't understand sales like like they're not sales people they don't understand sales process they just understand how to sit in a day job yeah. and col and collect money 
and 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 basically wait on the inbound queue of of orders and take orders like a McDonald's clerk, you know, like and this is this is this is not actually the salespeople's fault. This is the management's fault. So the third thing is they've not been managed. They've not had someone say, right, when you come to our company, here's how many calls you're expected to make every day. Here's how many conversations we'd like to see at a minimum. Here's conversion. Here's weekly sales KPI. Here's monthly sales KPI. Here's quarterly sales KPI. Here's how we're going to make sure that you're doing it. Fill out this form every day. Report to me every week. Let's have a meeting every day. No one's managing them. No one's telling them how to do their job. And so yeah. they get worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where they bring us in and we've got the sort of, you know, the sniper rifle and they're like, right, take out that guy, take out that guy. And it's like, it, I have to do it. It's part of my job sometimes in the larger companies to start murdering people. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but it's gotten so bad that like the only way to stop, stop the rot is to kind of remove certain cancerous elements from, from the crew. But the, the big thing is like, you don't have to operate your business like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. You've talked a lot about kind of the accountability that you're using with machine learning and, and this stuff. Mm. Are you also using it now to help train and accelerate like, um, like the stuff you were doing in the, in the residentials, right? Where you were correcting the script and you were doing that manually. Are you able Look, to do that now with uh, hand on heart? I am in the gold coast because I'm about to go to, Harvey Bay, which is up near the Great Barrier Reef, where I have a friend, um, 10 year client who made her first million dollars with us and is now like a legit bona fide property millionaire. She teaches women at, um, you know, the multi million dollar level how to grow and scale their way out of their businesses. So we are delivering a done for you, much like we did with Frank, residential in house for her. Um, she's paying us a big amount of money to come up there and she's sold a bunch of people into it. We still do that manually. Um, because I like training people. I'm never going to not be a sales trainer, so I'm not going to stop delivering that. But what I find is when we have all of our clients on it and they're running all of their stats through it and every call they make is being logged, it makes it so much easier to coach them than ever before because what in the olden days, and you've probably been through this too, you'll, you'll have like you know a group of salespeople and you'll have the salesman and go, okay, guys, not as sales are, you know, not as good as they could be. What's going on? And you'll get the deer in the headlights. Yep. And they're like, all right, Jonathan, let's talk. You know, your, your conversions are dropping. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a bullshit answer. Let's go deeper. Well, it's that time that my uncle touched me when I was six or whatever. <laughs> you know, not to, not to be lacking in empathy, but it becomes this Tony Robbins love and relationship, spiritual breakthrough session yeah. that lasts for five hours and for trying to pull out of them what's actually happening and and i'm okay to do that work like i'm i'm good at it but it, it consumes time whereas if they're logging their stats and they're putting their stuff and they're making their calls and they're on my system i pull a report and i go into the the briefing for the day and i say guys here's where you're screwed and here's what you're doing wrong and here's where in the process you're falling down and here's what we're going to train on oh okay well, that makes sense so it's, it's, it becomes about fixing a problem in the process that we already know exists because we don't need to ask them because the, the machine has seen it and told us. We're going in and we're able to, instead of having to intuit it or pull it out of them, we're able to just consult to them and say, this is your problem. And they're like, oh, of course, that makes sense. Cool. Let's talk about how to do that differently. <gasps> wow, great. Yeah, and here's how to role play it. Now, 
if your staff, if your sales team are on my system, that isn't even really necessary because they automatically get training. The AI sends it to them every day, says, hey, we've noticed you're falling down here. Here's a recommendation for what you've got to do next. Here's a video, watch this video. So the video training of all of these different permutations of all of these different problems is already automated sufficiently to the point where they're like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just watch that training. And then on the, the huddle the next day, I have to do a lot less heavy lifting. I can manage like 10 sales teams all over the world concurrently. And I do um, have several different clients on system because this makes it so easy for me just to boil it down to, okay, you're doing this wrong, fix that. Rather than it being this spiritual transcendent ayahuasca ceremony of a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. So, so is it actually listening to the conversations or just the numbers and the dials? Is it actually also no, it, CRM, it, it, like a it, CRM slash training system? So a CRM is, is something that, you know, like you said, customer relationship management tool. So CRM relies on you to input what you think might happen in the future based on the meeting and the pipeline and the blah, blah, blah. Um, this is different. It's more of a sales intelligence system. So it's, it's looking at what they do throughout the call um, yeah. by tracking certain, uh, not through listening to them. We don't have to go through hours and hours of fucking QA to listen to what they're saying. Although we do also get them to record their calls. So, you know, if we do a hot seat meeting for the team training, we can listen to what they did. Sometimes that helps, but it's it's more from a training point of view than it is from a, the system needs it to order to interpretate the interpret interpret the data. Um, so so this will follow what they're doing with their script. It'll follow the stages that they navigate through, which objections they navigate to, where they lose, where they fail, where they get better, where they improve, and then the machine and the algorithm on the back end of it has a lot of different things based on our brains and the way they work that then interpret that data through the lenses of experience and then spit out, here's their problem. And it's 99.99% always right. So wow. yeah, that's kind of how it works. So it's, 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 it, it looks on the front end to them like a script guidance tool, but that's the very, very simple front end. Um, the script sidekick app is something they use and they'll make phone calls and they'll, they'll navigate through screens. Um, but on the back end, the machine is basically 30 years of my sales experience and 30 years of Leela's sales experience dumped into a bunch of rules and a bunch of different stuff that's going on behind the system that then interprets the data and says, well, if they did this, then they're probably screwed here and they're probably this wrong. And now they've done this. So those two numbers together now mean this or whatever it is. You know? wow. mm. That's amazing. Cause I guess, so this is allowing you to correct so much faster than you would have in the past, you know, five, 10 years ago. And right. it's, and it's not my opinion anymore. You know, it's not like, well, we've hired the sales trainer for $200,000 a year, but I'm not sure if we trust his opinion. It's like, yeah. well, hire the sales trainer and we've got this machine and it's run every single number. And here is the data and the data chart says this. Yeah. Oh yeah. We really got to fire that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's data instead of, instead of it just being with these un, unruly, you know, single malt scotch drinking bearded fuckwit telling me what to do it's like it's more than that it's not just my say so or my human failing it's a machine and people like that they're reassured by that for some reason <laughs> yeah so let me shift gears a little bit gulliver and mm. i appreciate you sharing that. that's fascinating kind of what you guys are doing on the background but yeah. where do you see this going in the next you know 
two years, five years? Like what? I know you're kind of with some big companies. You work with big companies who are using this even more than the average public. And so what do you see going on with AI, both with sales and just in general with creative just, work just, and all this stuff? We just got back from um, from TED. So, you know, the conference that they have um, ideas worth sharing sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this is a big, big fucking topic right, right now. Everyone's mm-hmm. concerned about two things, Putin and Putin and AI. Um, so I feel like, um, Putin and AI. Sounds like, it. sounds like a setup or a joke. Don't, don't put, don't put these two things together. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a scary thought. So this, this is, so this is where it's at. And you know, a lot of people there at the TED talking about various stuff, but one of the biggest things, the most, you know, interesting conversations was the, the AI futurists dudes who'd helped build it, who were like, we, it's too late. We're fucked. We've let the genie out of the bottle. It's the end of the world. Um, and it's happening faster than anyone thinks. And chat GPT and all this stuff that's going on with like, you know, the, the, the vast and immediate proliferation and everyone's suddenly gone, oh, well, this isn't going to threaten my job. And it's like, then you're an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> because, because my guys are using similar other tools at the moment to auto-generate script um, and objection handling phraseology uh, to populate sales scripts right now in my in my in my tool they're like right you know what we could wait for Gulliver to get around to doing this manually or we could teach the machine using all of his sales strategy how to create an objection handle bush prompt does boom objection handle so like if you think if you're in copywriting or even in sales if you think your job's safe think again Oh, yeah, you know, crazy. like, like everyone, oh, well, people will never not need people. It's like probably, <laughs> but people will hire the sales trainer who's using a multi-million dollar AI tool to create like predictable revenue outcomes. They're going to use him over the guy who just finished the Jordan Belfort book and he's standing in front of the Lamborghini <laughs> screaming about how much money he's going to make. So yeah. watch out, watch out bitches. Here I come. He's going to help. I feel about it because the warlord has yeah. built a sword long before he needed one to win a battle no one knew was going to be a battle and now we're here uh, um that's how that's how i feel about it like like but i guess because i'm the one wielding the sword currently i'm not as worried as the ones who don't have a sword and are just figuring out that maybe sure. having a sword would be a good idea in a battle yeah um so i think the world's getting scarier and it's getting scarier faster and mm-hmm. it's going to get scarier and bumpier faster than anyone thinks and i think we're headed towards a stage where we i, I honestly really feel like um from a global point of view, we're headed towards a stage where some sort of one world government and a universal basic wage is, it, it's going to happen. I, I think we're going to, yeah. we're going to, work is going to change. In yeah, even would... the next just the couple of years we we're looking at, like it's just faster and faster. Like it's going to, it's going to be so fast and there's going to be people who are just lost in the jet wash, you know? Well, if you, you know, I've been trying to explain that because that's kind of my viewpoint as well. And I don't even know as much as you know, but you know, the internet has been around now. I mean, really since Netscape 95, when the browser mm. came on really 2000 since mass adoption. Right. Mm. So it's been, I mean, it's been 25, 30 years. And then we have the app culture, which has been about 12 years now. So half the time mm. now we've got AI, which is going to be half the time again. Uh, and then you throw on some, you know, I think this combination of AI and robotics, I mean, it's just insane. I think what's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, it's people are the people that don't get it, don't get it. Like they just, they're in denial. 
whatever. The people that get it are like, oh my God, I got to figure something out. But I agree with you. I think I've been against like a universal basic wage until this came along. And then I was like, oh, I see. Like <laughs> probably going to need something. because. Mm. And uh, the fact is they, they've already proven they could do it. Now yeah. we're drifting into sort of like some sort of a Joe Rogan-esque political fucking conversation. But, mm-hmm. but, but like they've already proven they like over COVID well, there were no homeless people in Melbourne. Everyone got put in hotels. Everyone got took, taken care of. We could take care of everybody and we're not, yeah. and we're not right. because we've got to bomb one another more often or something. All of our like people, people, people all over the world, but particularly in America. Uh, yeah, but we can't, we can't do that because taxes and money. And I'm like, yeah, but if, maybe if you spent several less trillion dollars on like developing Bombs. weaponry, <laughs> maybe if we just all agreed to not do that and spend some of that money on i don't know fucking food and air and like you know just just an idea no that's communism man it's like okay right yeah no i mean i i made the point that alaska alaska's been doing this for years they have an oil dividend Mm. oil companies all pay alaska residents an annual dividend Mm -hmm. off of the uh, because you know they make so much money up there they just they pay all the residents an annual stipend it's not much but it's a it's a it's a proven model they've been doing that for years <laughs> so it's over here in australia we, we, i live in victoria which is like the hardest hit uh lockdown um uh, period of like two years during the COVID. yeah and, i was um, watching that stuff there was a lot of bullshit put about by extreme right-wing groups where they were taking photos of like this one nazi skinhead that got beaten up by the police and they're posting it all over the internet that like that's generally just what's happening in the streets and my friends from america are calling me going Gulliver, are you okay man they're taking away your freedom i'm like i don't believe the hype man it's just it's just it's most of us are just at home drinking scotch complaining about how we can't go out but anyway yeah it cost a lot of money it cost a lot of businesses a lot of money because everyone was locked down um and now the government's like, well, we have a 10-year tax levy that we're going to put on you if you're making more than this much money. And it's like, this is aimed at businesses who are doing more than $10 million a year in payroll. Mm-hmm. And people are losing their minds. It's like, dude, if you have more than $10 million in payroll, that means your business is doing $100 million more. You can afford to pay a little bit of extra taxes. Yeah? Government's like, the amount of ineptitude, at least in Australia, that we have, um they're just this feeds back into what we're talking about they have no idea they don't live in they don't live in entrepreneurial cutting edge of humanity world they live in right. government world they have no idea what it's like to be a normal person they have no idea what it's like to even be a business owner they have no <laughs> idea what what they just sit in a boardroom somewhere getting told shit by lobbying groups right. these guys are lost and the technological growth is happening faster than the system can change so we're in for some interesting times in the Chinese curse sense of the word, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, my money is um, it's it's on working with these technologies to try and ensure that we remain viable, you know? In The Terminator, um, the movie where, you know, she's grown up and the kid is the kind of central character. I can't remember what it was, that Terminator 2, I think it is. Yeah. Um, back in the but with the with the with the Axl Rose soundtrack back in the nineties, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and the kids playing with the robot, and she's like, "There's this there's this monologue," and she's like, "You know, I see the machine playing with blah blah blah, and I realize that the machine's never going to get tired, and it's never going to get bored, and it's it's a better father than a human." Yeah, and that's how I feel about my software. It's like 
I have been a tired, drunk, angry sales manager. I have <laughs> I've been. A, a, I've had a few of those. No, we, we, we all, we all, we, we've either had that person or been that person because we're all human beings and we have failings, right? Yeah. But this machine, it doesn't get tired. It doesn't get bored. It just looks at what you're doing and says, you're full of shit. Fix this. Mm-hmm. And sales trainers, coaches, consultants, managers, human beings. Oh, you know, I like Sean. I don't want to tell him that he's doing a shit job. I'm going to let him off the hook this week. Yeah. The machine will just say, hey, Sean, you're being a fucking idiot. Fix it. Yeah. And, and and some people, people who actually achieve in business and make money and make more sales actually appreciate constant critical feedback because they realized it's what sharpens them. So well, we've and, and like you said, a lot, a lot of sales managers, they – they have a gut feeling maybe that something's not right, but they don't know exactly because they can't yeah, be on every call. They can't, nope. you know, so they're like, yeah, your numbers aren't right. You just need to step up. Well, that's not very, it's not very helpful. Like, no, what does this, that mean? The, so, like, so, so, so step ups on the phone. Like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Everyone's seen that Glenn Gary, the Glenn, the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross scene where Alec Baldwin's yes. given a more seven. I think every single sales manager is like, Yes, yes, you fucking hell. You fucking tell them, Alec. <laughs> Every business owner like gets that. They're like, mm-hmm. 100%. But also, if it's already that bad, if it's that bad in the sales team where it's that shit, it's because you haven't been managing the little things all the way through the process exactly. that it's gotten that bad. Right. And that's So you can beat your chest and scream at people, but probably the reason they are that way in the first place is your recruitment process didn't weed out the idiots. Well, that's why Alec Baldwin was there in the first place because their mm-hmm. management sucked. He's know? just like, you know, if you take my advice, you would have fired. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but totally. Or hired properly in the first place and then had a system in place to train yeah. and manage and manage out poor performance. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so all of this is something that is being automated right now. And one day a hologram will be doing this job, you know, like one day an, a virtual reality plugin will come to your office and pop up on your desk and say, hey, dude. Notice today your calls are doing it, isn't it? Yeah, but below. Yeah, but all this, also this. And, and I won't have to be the one doing it anymore. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. But yeah. that's where we're headed. Yeah. yeah. A lot well, of uh, existential crises. Anyway. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of existential crises coming our way for people, uh, a lot of people. What What is it? There's a, there's a rapper in America, and he's from Florida, and he's got like long dreadlocks, and he's kind of like covered in face tattoos. Does this narrow it down at all? Not um, for me, not my genre. Uh, um, have you seen the television show Ballers with The Rock? Oh, the yeah, first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first the first song is mm-hmm. this guy and Drake. And there's that da, 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 da. and on that song he says, It's it's young money, motherfucker. If you can't run with it, run from it, motherfucker. All right. Mm-hmm. And I just fucking resonate so hard with that. It's like this is happening. It's happening now, and if you can't get on board with it, dig a dig a deep hole. Like it's happening now, people are screaming on LinkedIn and screaming on Facebook, and oh, you know, AI will never take my job because I'm so fucking clever. It's like if you weren't working on this five years ago, your consulting company is about to burn. You are about to see a landscape littered with the bodies of giants. Let's think about this, Gulliver, because I agree with you, but I don't know how fast because. We were just talking earlier where you said, I mean, you're teaching, you're talking to companies out there that are, you know, 25 to 50 million 
in annual sales revenue that still haven't made the pivot to more uh, modern, you know, obviously direct response type marketing. They're still doing old stuff. I mean, which is, you know, crazy to think about, you know, the fact that we're here 2023 and this stuff's been around for a long time and you're still out, there's still opportunity out there with companies that haven't pivoted to that degree. So, you know, there, you know, the flip side of that is the, to play devil's advocate is to say, well, (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe change is coming, but how fast? Because some of these companies still haven't pivoted to, you know, stuff that's been around since like we were, you know, you guys were going to Frank Kern events and talking about this stuff, you know, back 12 years ago. So you're, you're asking me how fast it's coming. And I think Sean said something earlier where it's like the, 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 the life cycle seems to be halving exponentially like, like, yeah. Okay. Um, in 1990, something when we first got mobile phones, really kind of broad spectrum mainstream, yeah. um, the average download on a phone was like 4,100 kilobytes or something. And now yeah. it's like 40,000 per day per average person, not per entrepreneur, you know, not, not, not at the higher end. Those of us who live on the fucking thing and we're like on 7,000 right. different apps every day. Like, like if you look at the increase in pace and proliferation of technology, it's, it's exponential. It's like a fucking, it's like one of those J curves on the chart. Right? It's gone from here to like, I feel like there's a lot of big companies, like you said, who are multi, multi, multi-million dollar companies who have like, you know, a database and a CRM and they'll call their existing clients and they have some systems maybe. Yeah. But they're not using digital marketing as well or effectively and they're still pushing brand and they're, they're big and they're slow moving and they don't have to worry too much, they think. Right. And these guys have deep pockets and war chests and maybe they'll figure it out and maybe they won't. Maybe they'll move quickly. Maybe they won't. Well, I mean, I see... I see. I in the mid-tier areas, you're going to see some deaths, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For sure. <clears throat> I mean, I think, Gulliver, like, I can see, you know, a company like yours who goes into these companies, they're not going to... I was listening to... Um, there's a new book, 10X is Better Than 2X. Um, it's Benjamin Hardy's new book. He wrote The Gap and the Gain and some of those others. Anyway, and they're not talking about, like, Grant Cardone 10X, where you just... 10x more he's like 10x like of the right things you know um and and, and he was talking specifically about mr beast the youtube guy yeah yeah and he said uh mr beast said you don't have to have a video that is 10 times better it only needs to be 10 percent better Mm -hmm. to get 10 times the views because that's the way the algorithm works and I can see that your type of sales teams, people that are willing to use the type of technology you're talking about, are not just going to get 10% more market share. They're going to get 10 times the market share. And I think it's going to accelerate, you know, putting the people who are not using it out of business. That's my my yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Like, it's, 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 it's like you have no systems in 80% of businesses, no written down on a piece of paper sales right. plan. Right. Versus the machine that tells your salespeople what to do and how to do it and when. Yeah. Like, like, would you rather have like, I mean, we're talking, it's like, it's like, if I go into a company like that, it's like, it's like, it's like giving Paleolithic man an M16. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's like so, giving it's, somebody. I, I, kind of, I kind of feel irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, if I show up to work at, you know, Tesla or Ford to build a car, mm. they just hand me a box of all the different parts that go on the car, and they say assemble this. Mm. We know it makes a great. All the parts are there. It'll make a great car. It'll make a nice, mm. you know, Ford Raptor or whatever. Like, you know, it's like. And then somebody else is like, no, you stand here. The assembly line is going to pass you the part. You, all you need to do is just do this, this, and this, and then pass it down the line, and it'll be set. I mean, obviously, more cars are going to get built in the second you know, scenario than the first, right? And in, Even- in, 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 in a more efficient, trackable, measurable way. So, like, I think the thing is, like, we look at Henry Ford and all these guys that kind of turned – shit it's not all that dissimilar from sales consulting right so like if you look at like like how did cars get built they were not built for the masses they were built for lord ponsonby smythe the third who had a billion (laughs) dollars to spend on the new shiny yeah and 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 daimler benz came along and said oh yeah i've built this machine and he's got fosters and a horse oh really a million pounds And it was very small and it was a very niche market, right? And then Henry yeah. Ford's like, mm, I'm going to create a production line. I'm going to mass produce this so that the average person or the average upper middle class person can have one of these. Right. And now everyone's got one. Yeah. I think that's what we're kind of doing here. Like, you know, you, my sales consulting, like, you can come into my company and say, Gulliver, I want you to come out and train my guys for nine days. It's like, that'll be $30,000 a head for 10 people. It's expensive, mm-hmm. right? But in the future where this will be is like, you know, I want to plug my sales team into this so it can optimize their performance. I want to plug my management team into this so I can stop hearing about these bad decisions they made in my absence and make the right decisions. And it's $500 a seat. Yeah. That proliferation, right? Yeah. But that happens only because Henry Ford, Kaizen, right? Like continual and never ending improvement, Japanese philosophy, right? Right. Yeah. Same, same Toyota, Denso, like these guys. Like we're going to build this process in the system and we're going to manage and manage and manage and manage the inputs, what happens in the process and the outputs. And we're going to manage that and 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 continually build it to be stronger and better and more efficient digitally yeah. using a machine. Yeah. Like, like if you're not doing that with your sales process, someone who is is going to come along and fuck you up. Yeah, if you're not doing sure. that with your marketing process, someone who is is going to come along and fuck you up. If you're a copywriter who does everything manually and you're not using Jasper or fucking chat GPT or whatever it is to augment your output, you're fucking kidding yourself. Like, why would you not? It's like these builders back in the day who, you know, they brought out those uh, pneumatic air guns and they're like, oh, that'll never take off. <laughs> like, cool. You can be up there putting that house together with the freaking S-Wing 12, yes. 12 ounce or whatever it is. Or you can <laughs> Who's going to yeah. build a fucking house frame faster? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great example. That's that's basically, yeah, I th- people can see it mechanically, but they're having a hard time, I think, seeing it, I guess, because you can't see it, right? It's it's behind the scenes working. And if you don't, and most of the people complaining haven't actually played with this stuff. Yeah. And that's what I've been, I've told a couple classes that I've taught, you know, and I'm, I don't know much about it, but I know enough to know that we better be playing with it. Yeah. So in the groups yeah. I'm in, I'm like, I tell people, I was like, treat it like a toy for now. Like, mm-hmm. don't take it serious. Like, if you don't want to, but at least play with it and see what it can do. And I think if you do, it'll open your eyes to how powerful it is. And that's, uh, I even had my wife doing some stuff for like Instagram. And I gave her an account and she started using it. She's like, oh my God, this is like amazing. Like, she put in one prompt and it gave her 30 days worth of, you know, Instagram posts and they're really good. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. So if you're not using this stuff, it's it's crazy. It's just look. I, I think like you know, Jonathan, you asked before how fast. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fucking wizard. I can't tell you. I don't have a crystal ball, but faster, faster. Like like six months ago, would you have known what you now know? Yeah. So yeah. Like if you look at what just what's happened in the last couple of months. People are losing their fucking minds. Yeah. People are like, I, oh my god, this is amazing, or oh my god, this is bullshit. It'll never take my job. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, crea- I'm a creative. It'll never I'm take. Creative. It's yeah. Yeah. It can't do so emotion. Different. Yeah, my job is different. It can't be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. But, but this is the thing. Like 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 sales is the same thing. Sales <sighs> is a a creative performance art. Yeah. I'm good at sales because I'm an actor. I came from yeah. punk rock and music and performance art and acting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a freaking movie star and a rock god. I didn't want to be a fucking fat old bald sales trainer. I wanted to be like Tyler Durden. We're finding out we're not movie gods and rock stars and we're really pissed off. You know, like that's yeah. that was me. I was like, yeah. I spell, Speaking I spell of the music industry, this. they're getting yeah. they're getting hammered by AI right now too. I mean, yeah. Because this thing can this thing can proliferate, yeah, faster than it can iterate, faster and more disciplined than we can, and that's why and that's why I kind of like you know AI futurists who are like negative, not optimistic, are like this is going to spiral out of control really quickly, and you guys aren't going to be prepared for it, Mm -hmm. and and that's why the, the really. My wife, Leila, she's wiser and better than me. She's the founder and CEO of her company. She says to me, you know, you never freak out until the air hostesses are freaking out. Yeah. So like when, when, the, when, 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 the, when, when you're on the plane and there's a bit of turbulence and the girls are giggling and still pouring wine in the back galley, you're like, oh yeah, cool. But when they sit down and buckle up and start looking a bit freaked out, that's yeah. when to start, that's when to start freaking out. Right. Right. And I think, you know, the AI futurists are freaking out the climate scientists are freaking out. Like we could, we could, we could, we could listen to the smart people freaking out and, and take our notes from them, or we could just keep blundering along with our head up our ass. What are we doing to prepare for this? You know, sure. when, 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 when COVID went down, um, I'm, I live in Australia, but I was born in America and I'm a, I'm a little bit American in my sensibilities. When COVID went down, all of the people in Australia freaked out and went out and bought all of the toilet paper. It was a big thing. Like toilet yeah, paper right. was, was missing. That was the thing. Everyone lost their minds. Yes. I had been stockpiling ammunition and food. Like I'm a bit of a prepper. I have a, a, a country property in a remote location on a couple of acres with freezers. And <laughs> I have I have a deer or two in the freezer and a half a cow in the freezer at any given moment. And if everything went to shit, I'd be wow, there for a while than most people. Because, because, because... I like the idea of being self-reliant. I like the idea sure. of being in control yeah. of my destiny. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, one of those people who like has 45 years of ex-military rations buried <laughs> in the basement. But I like the idea of having skill sets that should the zombie apocalypse. I was so disappointed by the pandemic. There were no zombies. I know, right? Society, society did not collapse. I was yeah. just like, oh, this is it. This is it. And I got really excited because I've been training. <laughs> I think you were prepared. Yeah. I was I well semi prepared. I, I look, I have a lot more firearms than most people in my neighborhood. That's for sure. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but yes. But I think it's the same with this. It's like you know, you, you can be prepared and not need it, or you can be unprepared and need it. Right. That's right. right. Absolutely. Is there anything you? We'll wrap up on this, and we'll let people let you tell people where to kind of find out more about you. But um, 
do you think there's anything that's not going to be touched? And is there anything, you know, Jeff Bezos, I think is famous for saying, look at what people look at what won't change in 10 years and build a business around that. So with that kind of idea, do you see anything that is safe or safe from AI? In I think, I think, I think general Douglas MacArthur, um, who came over here in the 1940s and sort of saved us from the Japanese. He, um, he said, there is no security, only opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sun Tzu, the great Chinese um, warrior, said uh, that opportunities multiply when seized. So I think what is intrinsic to humanity, like look at look at like look at that, right? Like Leela, Leela says to me, she, one of her best teachers was a teacher who said, "Look, you can study technology at school, but all the technology will have changed by the time you leave school." <laughs> right. Or you can be a study. Uh, you sorry. You can you can make a study of human history and psychology. So yeah. look at look at what what doesn't change about people one hundred percent. Like I will really agree with that. That's very very smart. That's there's a reason that person's a billionaire because yeah. they're thinking, what's what's not changing, right? Right. Yeah. And I think it's going to be like our desire to create. You look at all of these tools that are being built right now, whether it's sales script builders or Chat GPT, or whether it's like how to create a better outcome with a sales approach. Humans are an intrinsically creative species, and we are biologically designed to to um, to homeostasis, right? So we will we will reset to how do I how do I sit in the cave, do as little work as possible, drinking single malt scotch, rather than going out there and having to deal with that fucking saber tooth tiger. Right? <laughs> we will figure out a way yeah. to do less, and that's what AI really is. AI is the new, you know, the new longbow. AI, right. is like, AI is the new musket. AI is the the new nuclear weapon. It's the the, the latest stupid fucking thing we're doing, trying to figure out ways not to have to do th- things. Yeah, I think that's what's not going to change about humanity. Mm-hmm. Humanity is always going to be looking for a way to hit homeostasis and go sit in the cave and get fat. We're really not that different than bears, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So think think about like 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 humans. We like comfort. We like convenience. We like we will destroy the entire planet to have convenience. <laughs> that that's not going away. Food, food is not going away. Right, Sleep yeah. is not going away. Right. Um, finding ways to not be stressed is going not going away. Being entertained is not going away. Humans right. being fucking lazy and wanting to create things, being creative for the sake of being creative, is not going anywhere. I will say that ChatGBT has actually rekindled my creativity mm. in, a, in a lot of ways. It actually. Like, that's why it's so popular because we love to create things. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it accelerates the creation. So there's that dopamine hit is so fast, you know, which I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, if you look at social media studies, that may not be great, but it is like it. It's like some of that writer's block or, you know, from a copy standpoint or, you know, is it's yeah. gone. To answer your question, nothing's safe. Yeah. I like what you but, said, like go after opportunity, you know, right. best, mm. the best defense is a great offense. That kind of thinking, yep. I think is, is what's going to be required moving forward. Like, how do I use these? Not should I use these tools? Can I use these tools? How do I use these tools? Mm-hmm. How can I is the most powerful thing, right? Like everybody's leaning out. Oh, you know, why does this not apply to me? 80% of people are always going to be, oh, you know, why am I like not affected by the thing? Like, cool. You can create that justification narrative all day long. 
or you can look at how can you use this to your advantage? How can you get better? Yeah. Well, 50 that's, years that's, ago, mm. you could hold out for the machines coming to the factory, right? And you could maybe work another 10 years and retire. But this is happening so fast. You, that luxury is not going to be there. Yeah. You can't wait it out. You know, it's not, it's just not going to be possible this time. Yeah, like it's 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 an interesting time. It really is in so many different ways, and what you're seeing this acceleration of so many different things all happening at once, and people are getting really scared and really overwhelmed. You know, so for those of us who are leaders, for those of us who yeah. are visionaries, for those of us who are like you know, <clears throat> like you guys, you know, thought leaders, you're looking at like talking and helping people through their problems. I think I'm going to be an AI trauma therapist. That's what I'll do. (laughs) Look, whether it's that or whether it's providing, you know, like informative entertainment, like what you're doing with the podcast or whether it's in the the work that you execute in your companies, like you guys lead and you lead from this place of like looking at what's coming and trying to analyze what's going to happen next and how, how do we do the best job we possibly can? Uh Most people aren't doing that. Most people have got their head firmly crammed in the sand and they're waiting for someone to come along to their ass. And so I think it's our, that's opportunity for us because mm. like you said, you, you know, opportunity, you know, we're in a kind of that window right now where like so many people who aren't taking advantage of it for people who are, uh, there is a window of opportunity where we're able to create and accelerate a lot of the work that we're doing right now incredibly. And Sean and I, we've got a couple of examples we were talking about before you came on the show, just like in our own work, um, just like maximizing, you know, AI to, you know, chat GPT to create scripts for us, to create, um, you know, using prompts, like, I mean, just accelerate our workflow, like, you know, beyond what we're used to. I mean, like, I mean, we'll give some examples too, probably later on as we close out, but it's just, it's amazing that we're able to get more done right now than ever before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. I mean, I yeah. actually think it's fun right now. I um, love it. Yeah. And I'm having, I'm having a good time. That might not choice is like, <laughs> and the choice is like, I can either see this as fun or I can see this as freaking me out and the freaking yeah. out's not going to do any good. So yeah. I might as well embrace the fun of it, you know? So, right. Well, uh, man, Gulliver, this has been fun. Um, where can people learn more about you? I've got strategic anarchy pulled up, but uh, anywhere else you want to let people know about you or, um, well, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, if you go to strategicanarchy.com, you can, you can contact me there. Um, it's just, look, honestly, I am a person that likes to talk to people. So if you want to have a chat with me, if you want to drop me a message on my Facebook or on my LinkedIn, um, fine. If you're really like, oh, my God, how do I hire these guys? By all means, you know, go and stick your details in the contact form on the website or down, download any one of the, the million free things that we have. But yeah, like I, I just, just, you know, look, come and ask me a question um, for your guys. You know, you've got some smart people that listen to you. Um, you know, if you, um, if you want to get in touch and you want to talk about sales or sales improvement or optimization of your technique or your team's technique or your company's growth, I would give you some consulting time for free just because you're one of Jonathan and Sean's friends. Like don't, don't stress. And if we can help great. And if not, that's fine too. Like I I don't need money at this point in my career, but I need good clients who are open to conversations. Yeah, yeah. So I look for people who are willing 
to talk and open to discuss the, 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 the real potentials of the future of sales of your business and you have the money and the authority to make a decision and need to get more sales through the door. So if that's you, um, I'm more than happy to have a chat. And if you just want to make friends with me on social, um, I, I still have a few gaps on my Facebook account and LinkedIn's pretty much unlimited. So hit me up on LinkedIn too. But I'm always ranting and raving about all things sales, objection handling, team management, culture, the future, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And if you're like me, um, you know, you're a very, very strange and individual person in a world of people with very poor taste. So if you're a person of great taste and distinction and you like what I've got to say, come and have a single malt scotch with me and we'll talk for sure. That's right. Yeah. And for those of you listening on the podcast that maybe can't see the video, I love uh, your little tagline that you put here on StreamYard for, under your name. Uh, you don't hate selling. You hate not selling. This is the thing. No one hates watching money appear in their bank account. They hate the idea that someone's going to be mean to them on a phone call, you know? That's right. So that's great. Well, Gulliver, we've enjoyed having you on. Uh, We're going to wrap up and probably cover a couple other things. So maybe go take a nap since it's now 730 in the morning over there. I think I'm looking at my bottle of Ben Farkless and I'm like, it would be wrong to have another one of these at 730 in the morning, wouldn't it? And I'm like, anybody else up? I'm not on a Saturday. I wouldn't go for it. They're all still in bed, but if I have another one, I'm going to be I'm going to be ratted by the time they wake up. I think, yeah. So I might I might. Re- it hurts because it's really it tastes really good, but I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist. So when are you guys bringing idea. this? When are you bringing this crazy show over to Australia? Oh, oh like man! Actually, come there and do a show. Oh, we can. We, well, if we could make an excuse, we could do it. We could do a live event. We could That'd drink, talk shit. You know, oh, make people make to. money. I don't know. Um, and, but there'll be like I have like forty different scotches in my scotch cabinet. It's my 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 evil plan is to feed you single malt scotch. Oh, wow! We yeah, might so, have to so, figure like, something so, out. So let's 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 work it out because it's 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 only a, it's only a, a fifteen hour plane flight. That's right. I was like, yeah, it's only 15 hours, so it'd be worth it. Here's here's the trick. You stop in Hawaii, (laughs) and then you go to Fiji. Then you go to Australia. There you go. Four hours, four hours, four hours is a lot more manageable with two beach holidays in between. That's That's true. Pro tip. Yeah, and I can I can definitely get my wife on board with that one. Oh yeah, for sure. We're gonna go to two, two. We're gonna go to two beach destination holidays so that a week in Fiji, a week in Hawaii. Then I have to do the seminar in Melbourne. And it, you, you get to go shopping and go to the theater. Um, but that's like that sells, that sells itself, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> yep. I can and handle that. Man, you're good at this stuff. Yeah, it's, almost like, it's almost like I do it for a job or something. I know. <laughs> wow, you're scary good. <laughs> All right, well, Gulliver, have a great Saturday where you yeah, are. Man. And uh, we really appreciate you cool, jumping guys. on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Absolutely. super fun. I would do it again. Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, like, like I if you need people, let me know. I've got folks who'd love to talk to you. Okay, cool. I'll be in touch. Thank you, uh, Appreciate you. Let you run. Thanks, Thanks for the opportunity. Bye. All right. Bye. See ya. Man, kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. I'm not flying 15 hours. I gotta say that, Sean. <laughs> Come on. But I'll break it up. I like yeah, the idea yeah. of breaking that yeah, up. We could break you know, it up. Four, four, four. Yeah. Well, sure. from Atlanta to Hawaii is nine hours, actually, not yeah. four. But yeah, you get the first class beds, you're set, man. It's yeah. a couple movies, dinner, like mm-hmm. you're there. It's pretty, pretty nice. Yep. All right. Well, uh, why don't we save the other topics for next week? Yeah, yeah. Because we'll, I tell you what, we'll kind of 
let's hint on it. I mean, we talked about it before the show, but he's right, man. I, I love you and I both are in this window of opportunity where we see, you know, chat GPT is, um, really a time saver and, um, you know, I've used it and <clears throat> what we'll do is maybe next episode, uh, next week on our <clears throat> follow-up is to show some examples, but <clears throat> you know, you've used it this past week. I've used it. I used it to create some, um, uh, some scripts from, uh, for podcasts for, uh, some of my well, industry podcast pre-rolls. Yeah, that's the thing. Like both of the examples that we're going to talk about next week are on the next episode. Yeah. Put actual dollars in our pocket. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is money. I mean, yeah. these are, these are money jobs and yeah, so this uh, is not just time. cute, you know, things you can do with it. This is like right. actually put money, uh, for me, it was, mm -hmm. um, for me, it was five figures. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you got a yeah. couple of sponsors. So that's, that's yeah, that's cool. similar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, um, and it's a time saver, you know, stuff that would have taken you time. Um, and they don't know this because honestly, like, you know, and I was being a little bit, um, you know, I was playing devil's advocate with Gulliver, but yeah. the fact is there are so many of these companies haven't moved into AI yet. So they don't know yeah. a lot of these people, um, that I reached out to or sent these follow-up, uh, pre-roll scripts to or like, this, this, you know, these are great, you know, um, yeah. you know, not knowing that <laughs> AI contributed to. And the truth is they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They want the finished product. It's always been that way. That's you know, right. They don't care how this, how the uh, sausage is made. They just want the sausage, right? That's exactly right. So yep. yeah, we'll we'll show some examples next week. Um, and yeah, I think you'll be. And the more I play with it, the you know the easier it gets. So, um, and I think this the the, the tools are just going to get easier and easier to use, mm -hmm. just like apps have, just like the internet has. Yeah. But it's happening so much faster. That's the big takeaway. And right now, yeah. if you listen to the show, you're probably in a world that's just saturated with AI talk. But mm -hmm. the fact is the majority of the people are not out there. They're hearing about AI in general, but they're not actually playing with it and using it. And they're right. scared of it. Yeah. Which, like we said on the show uh, with Gulliver, is a huge uh, opportunity, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You need to take advantage of it. That's why we no keep doubt. harping on it because it is an opportunity for everybody that listens to this show to, mm -hmm. to streamline your business, um, all that stuff. So right now, if you get started with it, with a, a chat GPT account, um, you're way ahead of 90% yeah. of your competition out there that, you know, that aren't. And, um, you know, Dang learning it. how to use it in so many ways, you know, whether it's writing sales copy, writing emails, writing headlines, writing scripts for your podcasts, um, whole, I mean, so many things. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give some other examples from a friend of mine, uh, something that he went through that was kind of a personal situation um, yeah. that he get, he's just he's already using chat. So he jumped on chat to try to resolve mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Sure enough, it helped, and I'll, I'll explain what that was. That's great, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll cover all that on the next show. And uh, yeah, this has been a good, good. been a good show. To all of our listeners out there, uh, you can find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, uh, iTunes, you name it. Uh, Sean, you got any major plans out there this weekend? 
Yeah, I'm doing a 12 mile ruck tomorrow morning. Other than that. Ooh, nice. Little go ruck. It's a stop soldier suicide fundraiser. Oh man, that's great. So doing that, that's I did great. one last weekend as well because we're trying to do 50 miles in the month of May. <clears throat> Good stuff. I did 12 miles last weekend. I'll do 12 miles again tomorrow. Man, that's that's fantastic. What a great cause. Love to hear more about that for sure. All right, guys. Well, hope you have a, a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the time, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.